Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the 8311 cast. Before we do anything, I want to give a quick shout out to our loyal listeners across the country, and specifically one individual in particular. Uh, this individual has been listening to all of our episodes, uh, and is the only person in the state of Maryland to be doing so. So to this individual, you're awesome. You're probably my favorite listener, probably Mike and Kyle's favorite listener as well. Uh, if you want some like 8311 merch, some stickers or something, reach out to us on our Instagram, at uh, 8311cast, or on our contact page at 8311cast.fireside.fm slash contact. Uh, again, welcome to the 8311cast with your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. Who wants to take it into Cyclone uh, and or college football? Yeah, so as uh, as a lot of you are probably aware, the uh, Cyclones had what many were calling their... Uh, Maybe even their biggest game in uh, in history uh, yesterday in Austin, Texas, and they were unable to get the job done. They uh, they fell to the Longhorns in Austin. The offense was just not able to get going in that game. David Montgomery being out for the first half uh, with that suspension from the fight against Baylor really hurt really hurt the offense in the first half. And uh, Texas sent a lot of pressure to Brock Purdy that he just wasn't able to handle very well. And by the time the second half rolled around and Montgomery was back, we were too far behind to be able to uh, to be able to use Montgomery effectively, and the offense was just never really able to get going there <coughs> to be able to uh, be able to bail us out. The defense actually played uh, played played pretty well against Texas, but the uh, the offensive performance was just not there, and uh, the Cyclones, as they had done really um, all of my time as a Cyclone fan, they build you up and eventually they break your heart. took a lot longer than uh, what it had in previous years for that to happen. A lot of times they just do it over the course of a game. And thinking two years ago, the, uh, the Baylor and Oklahoma State games in particular. But again, the Cyclones did the Cyclone thing and built you up just to break your heart yeah uh brock purdy really showed his uh freshman mistakes they they came through they were pretty apparent this week um he's one of the biggest things is he's really got to learn to throw the ball away stop trying to be a hero stop trying to win the game on your shoulders he played probably his toughest game well, by far his toughest game of the season, the most pressure he's ever had um, so far with the Cyclones being ranked 16th and going into a raucous atmosphere of over 100,000 fans. So, yeah, but, I mean, in those times, he's got to have the mentality of, I can't take a sack here, I just got to throw the ball away, and I can't force errant throws as well. Um, So, yeah. He just he just needs to get a few more games under his belt, and I think next season he will really um, be greatly improved in his maturity and his understanding of uh, game in-game situations. But the Cyclones fell quite a ways in the AP rankings today. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where we fall uh, in the playoff rankings, um, how far we fall, but. I believe we check in at 25 this week, yep, which I thought was a pretty severe drop. What do you think, Mike? I mean, yeah, I think it was. We were 18 in the uh, AP poll, dropping down to 25. 
I do think it was a little bit of a steep drop, but I think it was reflective of, of what the uh, AP poll really is. Right? If you follow if you follow the AP poll over a period of time, <coughs> it tends to be very reactive as far as as how things go. So one one loss like that or one big win tends to with the media members who they follow the game, but they tend to be a little reactionary when it comes to things like that. So I'm really not surprised by that, the media reacting to us, really not looking good at all in Austin. I'm not really surprised by the drop. I do think we're probably still a little bit better than that ranking, but I'm not surprised just because the media tends to be be very reactionary in uh, situations like that to uh, to to losses. They tried they overcorrect and things like that to their rankings. So I'm not really surprised by it, to be honest. But I think that uh, despite the <coughs> despite the loss, the Cyclones still have uh, still have more football yet to play. They've got uh, Farmageddon coming up next Saturday against uh, K-State, which is a really big game for K-State especially, but also Iowa State. With K-State, they uh, picked up a big win over the weekend, so they have five wins now. So their game in Ames on Saturday is going to be four bowl eligibility for them. And also for the Cyclones, it's all about bowl positioning, see if they can uh, get a get a warm destination bowl game. That would be uh, much appreciated by me, at least. Would love a warm destination bowl game here for a December trip. But also there's the possibility of a uh, 12th game for Iowa State. Yeah, with Incarnate Wood making the FCS playoff. Don't know what that's going to happen. If they if Incarnate Wood loses in the first round, do we still play him? Nobody really knows what's going on there. So we're kind of on hold with whether that it, there's going to be a game on December 1st as well. But... The Cyclones are still going bowling, and overall, this was still, I think, a successful year for the Cyclones. So, uh, so far, it'll be good if they could come in and beat uh, beat K State after the uh, for the first time in ten years. We still we still have that chance to get to six conference wins in the season, which will be the most conference wins that an Iowa State team has had um in a season in program history which i think would be just a testament to how uh coach campbell has really turned this program around and the future and it just shows that the future is still bright for this program but it really depends on um some of the players that we have potentially coming back and it will depend on um our our freshman recruits and sophomore up-and-coming sophomores uh, in the program who will be able to continue to lead this team in the future. But yeah. we had we had another uh, crazy game this weekend that both Mike and I were watching parts of. Um, Ohio State was able to survive in advance against Maryland this week. Maryland had a running back who ran for over 200 yards against the Buckeyes. He almost ran for 300 yards. He's a lot closer to 300 than 200. Yeah, a lot closer to 300. And the Ohio State defense looked terrible, but in the end, they had just enough offense in order to win that game for them in overtime as Maryland fails to complete a two-point conversion in order to uh, secure the victory. 
Yeah, the last seven minutes and overtime of that game were just insane. Maryland and Ohio State each scored two touchdowns in the last seven minutes of that game, including uh, Maryland scoring one with about a minute and a half left on a uh, on a deep fade route right after Ohio State had scored, and then Ohio State marches down to score to tie it up. It was just an insane game, and then in overtime. Uh, in overtime, Ohio State got the ball first and scored a touchdown, and then Maryland scored a touchdown and elected to go for two for the win, like Kyle was saying. And Maryland had an open wide receiver in the end zone on that two-point conversion attempt. But I think the quarterback got a little excited when he saw the uh, wide open receiver and he saw him and he just put a little too much mustard on the pass and it wasn't accurate enough and threw it right past him to allow Ohio State to survive in what was uh, – what was really an epic game for the week. So you're saying he had a little bit too much mustard. Did he add any ketchup at all? I didn't see any ketchup on the ball, no. Just a little bit too much mustard. It's a lot lot easier to get too much mustard than it is to get too much ketchup. So That's fair. Speaking of ketchup, did you uh, hear Patrick Mahomes' press conference this week in which he said that he loves ketchup and... Uh, says that he puts ketchup on his mac and cheese. Ew. That was that was a very interesting press conference. And then out of that, Hines actually uh, made a comment that um, they will give him free Hines for life if he throws 57 touchdown passes this year. And so, how many does he have as of now? He currently has... I believe it's 31. Okay. So, so he could get there, but he, he probably could. not. It, yeah, I mean he's he's only on pace for 30 for 51 or 52, so uh-huh. he'd have to have a couple of really great games. Mhm. Mhm. Well, outside of that uh outside of that uh Ohio State game, the top the rest of the teams in the top, the teams in the top eight, all uh, pretty successfully, pretty handily destroyed their opponents. I don't see any change coming in the uh, in the top four. Notre Dame had the biggest win of anybody in the top uh, top ten this week, with their uh, route of number twelve Syracuse. All they have to do is beat USC next week, and they'll probably be in the college football playoff. Meaning at most three of the major conferences could have teams in the playoff. Meaning at least two of those conferences are going to get left out. And I don't see Notre Dame jumping Clemson. Clemson handled business against Duke. And I don't think Notre Dame's game was convincing enough to move them up to the two spot ahead of Clemson and drop Clemson one spot. I think the top four will stay the same. I think the top six will stay the same. We might have a little bit of a shuffle outside of the top six, but those first, those four in and the first two out will stay the same for yeah, the I, third week in a row, I believe. Yep, I agree with that. There hasn't, there's been a lot of drama in the uh, middle parts of the rankings, but there's not been much drama at the top part of the rankings at all this year. So. We'll have to see how that continues with some big rivalry games coming up here on uh, on Saturday. So uh, it's uh, is it? Uh, you have anything else for uh, college football here? Are we ready to uh, ready to? Move I think along? we're ready to transition. 
So uh, it's uh, it's uh, Thanksgiving break for uh, all of us here at uh, Iowa State. So all three of your uh, lovely hosts for uh, 8311 cast made our uh, trips back to our respective homes this weekend. And uh, this has led, the uh, trips home have led both Kyle and Wyatt to be pissed off this week. So in a weekly segment of who's pissed off, both Kyle and Wyatt have transportation-related who's pissed off sections for you. Which one of you wants to take it here? Why people that are driving on the highway, why can't you use your cruise control? Like this pisses me off more so than slow drivers in the left lane uh, on the highway. You're going along. I have my cruise control set. Speed limit 70 miles an hour. I have it set to 74, which, you know, everybody speeds a little bit on the highway. Not a big deal. Cruising along, pass a car. Cool. And all of a sudden the car gets pissed off that I pass him, so he guns it past me, right? Gets back in the lane, slows back down. Set your damn cruise control. Go with the flow of traffic. Ugh. That's what's pissing me off this week. People who can't use their cruise control. And I'm upset because we were coming from uh, Ames, right? And we've had some precipitation in the form of snow and some ice. And people had buildup left on their cars. So they decided to get on the highway without completely clearing them off. And, you know, I was driving along and all of a sudden this big chunk of ice slash snow, whatever it was, falls off the top of somebody's car and it either deflects off my hood or is a direct hit to my windshield and it absolutely scares the crap out of me as I'm driving along. I'm glad my windshield didn't crack, but it's it, it's illegal to not clear off your car. You need to clean your car before you get on the highway or just before you drive in general. Clean it off, please. Don't Don't try and kill somebody. So, I mean, I had a very easy drive home i had i had no problem so i feel like this is just like just like a you guys problem if you leave early enough in the morning no one's on the road then you just have no problems like this it was i left before you no you didn't yes i did there's no way you left before me your your car was still in the parking lot when i left oh shoot you're right also you're bad at parking mike yeah, yeah, I was. A little, you were I was, way was a over the line. You were like into my stall. A little bit. I was on you the parked line. like a sausage. I was on the line. I was you were fine. over the line. I was on you were the taking line. A path my tire was on the line. I was fine. Yeah, but the body of your car was over the line. I was fine. No, there was nobody else in the parking lot. Why did you have to park right next to me? You parked next to me. I was there first. No, I was there first. That's not true. Actually, you he moved was there first. Yes. You moved your car after you moved your car after I did, but I was I there originally. The last first. time I had moved my car was Thursday. No, because you parked there, and then you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Right. It's irrelevant because You're Mike and I are both right. You're probably correct. Yeah, that that happens a lot. So on Sunday, the NFL plays, and wait, we had a NFL, lot of wait. Wait, what? Since since when did the NFL play on Sunday? I thought the NFL played on on Tuesdays. Did, well, that changed. I didn't get a started on playing that. on Thursdays and Mondays, which is I okay. I thought they played on Tuesdays. No, no, no. that's a that's for college football. Somebody did send Jesus. me a memo that they changed it to, to, to Sunday. I would have appreciated a memo. Well, you weren't in that listserv, so it's okay. So the NFL had a lot of close games this weekend. Um, Pittsburgh storms all the way back <laughs> after 
trailing the Jaguars. I believe they were down 16 to nothing, and they they stormed all the way back and won on a uh, dry or a last minute drive by Ben Roethlisberger. He dives into the end zone and scores to put them up uh, eventually to win the game. Ben Roethlisberger had a pretty horrendous first half, throwing three picks, not really. Both of those I mean, quarterbacks had horrendous first halves. Well, like, right, right, one of those right, quarterbacks is expected to have horrendous yeah. halves all right, time. Right at the end of the second quarter, near the end of the second quarter, the uh, quarterbacks were a combined 6 for 24 for less than 100 yards and two interceptions and no touchdowns. Right. And three interceptions and no touchdowns. Good. It was, yeah. that was well, not we good expect that out of one of those quarterbacks on a weekly basis, but yeah. Either way, Pittsburgh ends up coming back to win, and they are still in the uh, – well, they're leading that division now, I believe. So they will probably end up being – for right now, they will be the three seed, either the two or the three seed in the AFC uh, playoffs as they beat the Jaguars. And the Jaguars are have officially – Knocked themselves out of the play. Yeah, they're sitting they, at like three and seven now. They, after they that. can't cover from this. The defense has showed holes. I'm, I mean, the defense isn't as good as it was last year, and it basically has all the same exact players. So I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville, but Pittsburgh yeah. somehow manages to find a way to win, even though James Conner wasn't able to find much room in the running game. Mm. But Ben Roethlisberger had had his magic. Um, does does I have a question about Jacksonville? Does Jacksonville's coach here get fired here at the end of the year? I would think so. How, after expected, how good they did last year, they were can you really to be one of the top teams in the AFC this can year. You really, can you really fire him when the main flaw in his team is that Blake Bortles is his quarterback? That's not his fault. Like well, with somebody with, in with the organization, an, with even an average quarterback, like that's a great team. Can you really fire the coach it, for the why fact hasn't that made Blake much Bortles, of a quarterback change then? Who's their backup? Somebody better than Blake Bortles? So, no. I don't know who their backup is. I could look it up here. But probably not better than uh, – not significantly better than Blake Bortles. I guess if they don't – if they want to be less aggressive, they don't fire their head coach and they go quarterback shopping this offseason. That's what I would recommend. Their backup quarterback is Cody Kessler. Oh, Cody Kessler. Okay. So Kessler. Not not anything spectacular. Yeah. So can you really fault can you really fault a guy when those are his two quarterbacks? I'm not I sure. Mean, I, I yeah. think he probably does get fired, but I don't know if he should. The other issue is their offense has been injury prone this, this season. Leonard Fournette hasn't been there, but TJ Yeldon was able to pick up the slack for most mm-hmm. of the time. Their wide receiving core has been wildly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um and they lost, oh gosh, what's his name? Hearns, right? Alan Hearns. Beginning free of the year. agency, yeah. Well, they lost they, him in free agency. Who was the wide receiver who injured his knee? Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head who that was. So they lost their number one wide receiver at the beginning of the season as well. But I, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. So Probably it's time not. to move on, Jacksonville. Unless your defense is historically good like it was last year and when they almost got there. But 
There were some other close games in the NFL. The uh, Lions and the Panthers played a really close game with the Lions getting an upset. The Panthers chose, again, this has been a common theme in the last few weeks, chose to go for two late in the game, down by a point. And uh, it did not work out for the Panthers, and they ended up uh, taking a big loss to the Lions that uh, hurts their playoff chances, especially since the Saints kept rolling and basically put that division away. At this point, that division is essentially the Saints. No one, the Panthers still have a slight chance to catch them, but not really. That I don't think the Panthers the are going to be able to beat the Saints. Yeah, that that Saints team is good, mm-hmm. but the Texans were able to roll into Washington and they got a victory seven in a row um, mm-hmm. after starting zero and three, I believe. Yeah, and- only, only the second team in NFL history to win seven in a row after starting zero and three. I think it was the nineteen thirty three Giants that I saw with the uh, with the other team to do that. Yeah. Adrian Peterson moved up to, I believe, sixth all-time in rushing touchdowns with 105. So yep. he's he's still running the ball well for Washington. But picked up two touchdowns today. The, the big, I think, the big thing from this game was Alex Smith, who's overall a good oh. guy, just absolutely got his leg destroyed. Oh, that was awful. Sack. If you oh. if you have a. Uh, really queasy stomach do not go and watch that video um it it won't end well for you um it it, it, it was one of the 10 worst sports injuries of all time it's on par with like the uh the kevin Ware or the gordon hayward leg injury from last year it's it's really bad and he had to have immediate surgery on it in order to essentially save his leg mm -hmm. and save any chance of him potentially making a comeback to play in yeah. the NFL ever again. I don't know. If I'm Alex Smith after that, I might just pack it up. He's he's had he's, a solid career. Yeah. He's he, he's he's on the he's on, he's on the older part of his career after an injury like that. I don't know. He stayed pretty injury free during during his career with the 49ers and with the Chiefs, but I, I it might it might be t- time to hang those cleats up and and move on um well the the mike's vikings didn't have a great <laughs> showing on sunday night football no. tonight um the offense looked inept is that yeah. a good way to put it yep up until the fourth quarter they were turning the ball over fumbles deep in the bears territory cousins through two interceptions one of them was returned for a touchdown the offense, the defense actually did a really good job against the Bears. What, they gave up 25 points, something like that, which is really not that bad. It was, uh, yeah, 25 points. But the defense didn't give all those up because one of the, because seven of that came on a pick six. So 18 points against the Bears from the defense is, again, not bad. Just like the Cyclones, D, this did okay. But it was the, uh, the offense's inability to do pretty much anything until the fourth quarter where they made the game slightly interesting that killed the Vikings. Just not able to get the offense going. And I mean, they still have a chance in the uh, NFC wild card, but the division now, the Bears have a uh, game and a half lead in that division. So we'll have to... Uh, have to see the Bears are really are definitely in the driver's seat to win the NFC North now, which I did not think I'd be saying with the uh, Vikings and Packers in that division at the beginning well, the of Packers the year. Well, the Packers are in trouble. 
Packers are in big trouble after that loss to uh, to Seattle on Thursday night. I think that, uh, yeah, I don't think the Packers, I mean, they're two and a half games behind the, the Bears now in the NFC North. So the NFC North chances are pretty much non-existent, and they're playing around the Panthers, Vikings for that last Seattle, who they now don't have a tiebreaker over, Dallas, Atlanta, all in that conversation for that wild card spot. And uh, I don't know if the Packers are going to – they've got a middle of the road as far as schedule difficulty down the stretch, but I don't know if they'll be able to uh, to get through it. It'll be interesting. As good as Aaron Rodgers is, he can't save their season, I don't think. Yeah. They, their defense has holes. They they can't seem to close games out. It. I don't. I don't think that team's going to make the playoffs at this point. But yeah, I we'll, don't like we'll their chances. But the the Broncos came back and uh, stunned the Chargers today. Yep, Brandon that's... McManus hit last second field goal, game winning field goal. Um, that's the Chargers' first loss in a while. Yep. I still think they're one of the better teams in the AFC, though. I do as well. But it was. I, I turned on that game for a couple minutes, and I saw more orange in that stadium than blue. It, it's ridiculous how poorly they're, they show up to games in L.A. Yeah, for the Chargers, for the who Chargers. have seven wins. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that move. We've talked about that before, I think, on this show. I don't get their move to L.A. for the Chargers. But there's a really big game coming up uh, on Monday Night Football this week. The... Uh, Chiefs-Rams, one of the best regular season games of the year as far as the two teams are concerned. I'm just going to let Kyle talk about this game for a while because he's going to have more insight on it than me. What do you think about this, Kyle? Well, this game is going to feature the the league's leading uh, scrimmage scrimmage yard um, uh, player. Sorry, Todd wow, Gurley. that was eloquent. Yeah, very it was well very eloquent. Very, very Todd Gurley well leads the league in scrimmage yards um, on the season as well as rushing touchdowns, and it's also going to feature the league's uh, leading passer uh, going into the week in Patrick Mahomes as well as passing touchdowns. The first time that has happened in NFL history, it's going to be an absolute shootout. I, In my opinion... The only, the team who's going to win this game is the team who can turn who can uh, force turnovers on defense. I don't know which team that's going to be, but whoever does it is going to be able to uh, probably win this game. I mean, the Rams feature a very good pass rush. We obviously we know Aaron Donald is an absolute monster on the inside, uh, but the Chiefs also feature Justin Houston and D Ford. And I believe that they will be able to get to um, Jared Goff during the game. So we'll see if the Chiefs can put enough pressure on Goff that he makes makes a couple errant throws and maybe get an interception on the back end with Steven Nelson. Um, it'll be interesting to see how well Marcus Peters plays against his former team. Uh, he was traded to the Rams last season and has been under some scrutiny for uh, kind of his play or his play throughout the season. Uh, after the Saints game was under a lot of scrutiny and he wanted a rematch with Sean Payton, and he just got absolutely burned against the Saints, and I think he will again. That He was no match for that offense. But 
It's going to be an incredible game to watch. Uh, it's going to be a shootout. I'm expecting at least 35 points from either side. Um, so we'll we'll see we'll see how that game turns out. I'm I was happy that the Broncos beat the Chargers today because I think in the end the Rams are going to win that game since it was moved to LA. But we will we will see what happens. Hoping for a Chiefs victory, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a fun game. I'm looking forward to uh watching it tomorrow night. I think uh I think it'll be a fun game. Also so, if you haven't heard, uh very classy moves by the Rams organization. They're giving away thousands of tickets to first responders in the California area dealing with battling the wildfires as well as just first responders in general. So I I believe that is or I, I think it's a really classy move and a really good move for the organization to do. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. So as we're heading out of our uh, football segment here, I think we, we have another thing to append to our list of things football players shouldn't do. Is that right, Mike? I do have one thing that uh, some people might dispute me that this is a thing football players shouldn't do, but I'm, I think I'm going to add it to the list. Can you go over some of our highlights so far, just so if we have any new listeners, they can just go over some of the highlights from our list from previous weeks. Yeah, so currently we have 10 things on the list, and uh, what Michael will add later will be the 11th. So right now we have things football players shouldn't do. Beat your family members. Get into a fight in a nightclub. Not necessarily just in London, just nightclubs in general. Graffiti the bridge in Brookside Park. Throw a dumbbell at the head coach. Run over a cop. Get caught not watching film. Run off the sidelines to make a tackle. Have to get pulled out of an on-field fight by a cop. Driving over 100 miles per hour in your car and being cited for it. And tweeting upside down. So what's the 11th thing you're going to add to this list, Mike? So the uh, 11th thing that I'm going to add to this list, and uh, some people might uh, might uh, get upset at me, but I'm going to say uh, stealing from one of your teammates' lockers is probably on the list of things uh, football players shouldn't do. Backstory on this is so Le'Veon Bell, you heard for the Steelers, uh, is not going to report to the Steelers at all this year. So what did some of his teammates do when they heard the news that he officially would not be joining them? They raided his locker and stole all of his nice stuff, like his nice cleats and things like that. So I get it. He's not being a very good guy. He's letting the team down. I think he should be there. So I can see why some people might think that's justified. But, I mean, you're still stealing from the guy, and generally stealing isn't good. So stealing Uh, stuff from your teammate's locker, I'm going to put that as uh, things football players shouldn't do. I thought it was pretty funny, though. I agree that it was funny, but I still think you shouldn't do it. So another thing happened in college football this week. Uh, out of the University of Houston, their football team, uh, Ed oh, Oliver, yes. who is a star defensive lineman, uh, was wearing a jacket. I I guess he was cold. He was wearing a jacket during the game over his uniform, and his coach decides to go over and tell him that he should take it off because nobody else is wearing a jacket. Um, it's probably not that cold in Texas at, t- at this time of the year. And he gets into a very verbal altercation with his head coach. He's screaming at him because he he thinks he should be allowed to wear this jacket. So if your coach tells you to do something, don't 
go belligerent and start yelling at him and dropping F-bombs on him because you're wearing something that you probably shouldn't be wearing during the game. So so just to sum it up, should we say don't don't get in an argument with your coach for him asking you to take off a coach? Yeah. That okay. that's a good that's a good sign. Sounds good. It's gotta events. be gotta be succinct enough to put on the list. You got yep. you got those two down added to the list, Wyatt? You betcha. Awesome. So uh we're de- we're definitely starting to get into the uh full swing of uh of uh college basketball here. So just uh, I want to touch quickly on uh, the Cyclones. So the Cyclones have uh, kept win- kept winning despite injuries and suspensions. They took down uh, Texas Southern this week, and uh, Horton Tucker looks really good for the Cyclones, especially in that Texas Southern game. Uh, he looked really good. So I think that he is the real deal. He's done really good in keeping us, especially when our leading scorer, Wigington, has been out. I think he could be a real player this year and hopefully into the future as well for this Iowa State squad. I've been really impressed by what I've seen out of him, his ability to lead this team, especially offensively. And Shayok has picked up the slack on offense as well, too. He's averaging over 20 points per game in the first three games. And he was a very good transfer get from Virginia. And I I believe he's going to be one of our go-to offensive weapons even when Wigington is on the court because there's going to be so much focus on, hey, we need to shut down Wigington, and then they're going to leave Shayok open for some open looks as Wigington and Babb get some penetration into the lane and kick out to Shayok for some three or some dribble drive opportunities. But Shayok has been playing playing very well, and he's been playing very well early game as well. He's he's really started the game off um, hot for the Cyclones. Yeah. So the Cyclones have a uh, their preseason tournament this week. Uh, they're out in Hawaii for the Maui Invitational. There's a really good field this year. You've got uh, Auburn, Xavier, Duke, San Diego State, Arizona, Iowa State, Gonzaga, and Illinois in this field. With the injuries, I don't know how far uh, Iowa State is uh, is going to be getting here in this tournament. I mean, they could maybe beat Arizona, but then they'll probably face Gonzaga. And uh, ooh, that just uh, doesn't look very good for me as far as uh, them being able to advance very far in this tournament. And Duke is the best team in the country. I don't know. What do you think about the Cyclones' odds this uh, this this week here in the Maui Invitational? I, wow, I I don't know if I see a win outside of the Cyclones maybe playing Illinois in the loser's bracket. Um, I, I mean, Illinois is not good, and I think that's the only team that Iowa State is for sure better than. I think the Arizona game is going to be a really good game to watch, a really fun game to watch. Um, I can't guarantee a Cyclone victory out of that, but... It's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting tournament. I think it would be a lot uh, better for the Cyclones had we if we had Tal or um, Lard on the court and if we had Wigington back from injury. Um, it's just the Cyclones are not very deep right now. Our our bench that we thought was deep going into the year has has become extremely thin right now, especially if the Cyclones. If the Cyclones were to play Duke at all, I feel that we would be in 
severe foul trouble and our limited bench would really be a big issue in that game. I don't think we're going to get as far as playing Duke, but yeah, who knows? Speak, speaking of Duke, do you see Duke's trio of freshmen have been phenomenal? Do you see anybody being able to uh, beat Duke at all this year? Do you, I mean, eventually they'll lose a game, right? They're not going to go undefeated, but I mean, should we just hand them the national championship now? Like, we'll are they just that they, good? We'll see how they play in the NCAA tournament, but man, right now they they look phenomenal. They played their first their first home game that they played in Cameron Indoor. The three freshmen went off. Zion Williamson, it and R.J. Barrett are probably the best transition duo in the country, and they're both physical specimens and Duke is at its mm-hmm. best when it's running in transition and they seem to be doing that a lot so far this year. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't see anybody taking the national championship from their hands. Yeah. So I just have uh one last note to uh add to our college basketball segment. So uh on our little uh on a little outline that we make for every week uh, I put, you know, will anyone beat Duke this year as one of our outlines? And uh, Kyle or somebody is okay, known. Next, this is Kyle topic. or Wyatt. <laughs> next somebody topic. Somebody put Cyclones will December 15th. <laughs> and uh, I would just like to point out on the schedule that on December 15th, Iowa State plays Drake, not Duke. I wrote it down and then realized it was dumb and left there to see if anyone would say anything about so, it. So, yes, Wyatt. Don't worry about that. that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we will not beat Duke on December fifteenth. We will beat Drake. We will beat on Drake. December fifteenth. Correct. Good, 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 good try though, Wyatt. I appreciate the effort. Um, I think it is about the time of our podcast to transition into everybody's favorite segment of the uh, the week. The uh, I feel like my... it's only your favorite segment. Hey, everybody! All the feedback I have gotten from this segment is that everybody loves this segment. Who's your feedback all coming th- from? All three people that I've talked to with feedback on the segment love it. Is it your family? One of them is my brother. The other one is a, sa- a current uh, saxophone player. Sam. And a, yep, Sam, Sam Schatz. Go Sam Schatz. And then a former saxophone player as well, Victor Campos. Victor is a little biased there. So nobody's told me they don't like the segment. No listener has told me they don't like the segment. So I don't know, like the segment. You're not a listener. You're, you're a host. You're right. What if so, you listen to it back, though? He's still a host. That's fair. But anyway, All right, so what What do you have for us we'll, this week? We're going into the realm of football this week for uh, the Stupid Rules because I saw this came up in, uh, I think it was the early part of the Saints-Eagles game that it came up in. So I wanted to, uh, wanted to uh, bring this up quick. So the difference between running into the kicker and roughing the kicker, so specifically on a punt. So uh, running into the kicker is just a uh, regular old five-yard penalty for running into the kicker, where roughing the kicker is a personal foul with a 15-yard penalty and an automatic first down. So really the difference between running into the kicker versus roughing the kicker for a, a punt specifically has to do with the uh, with the uh, plant leg of the punter. So when somebody punts, right, you kick it with one foot and your other leg is on the ground, right? So normally if you run into that plant leg, the one that's left on the ground, you run into that with the uh, 
with the punter, that's going to get you the 15-yard penalty for roughing the punter. Where generally, if you know you hit his shoulder or you know you clip his arm or something like that, that will only get you the uh, five-yard penalty for running into the kicker, which is a big difference. It came up there. It was a fourth and seven, and they got called for running into the kicker, just a five-yard penalty instead of the full 15 yards for roughing the kicker. And uh, interesting fun fact is so this this only applies if you don't block the punt. So if you make contact with the punt, whether, you know, to block it, whether it be a full-fledged block or just a tip, that means you could destroy the punter and not get called for a penalty at all once it's been uh, once it's been touched the penalty cannot be called on you so if you block the punt there will be no penalty called for running into the kicker or roughing the kicker that is what i have for the uh mike's really fantastic rules segment this week you you got it wyatt are you able to uh you able to understand how that one works yeah i get that one you get that one. That's. I feel like that's a little bit more of a straightforward rule, but I feel like it was. I saw it come up today, so I feel like it was a really good one to, uh, to uh, bring to everyone's attention, so they were aware of it. Just helping you be able to watch sports better here on eighty three eleven Cast. <laughs> that should be our new tagline. <laughs> helping everybody watch. Helping you, sport, watch helping you all better. watch sports better. That's good. Yeah, I like it. That's um, good. Can you give us an accountability session on a write that down predictions, Mike? I can absolutely give you an accountability session on a write that down prediction Jump so right to the best it. of my knowledge so i'm currently not in 8311 because i'm at home and our sheet of write that down predictions is in 8311 and nobody brought it home over break so this is my best uh memory recalling of what the uh 8311 sheet says so we've got um, two predictions that came off the board, both in relation to that Cyclone game on Saturday. So Wyatt had a prediction on the board saying that the Cyclones would win out all of their remaining games, both um, regular season and postseason. Since the Cyclone lost to Texas this week, that gets a nah. Wyatt is incorrect with that prediction. Josh had a similar prediction come off the board where he said that the Cyclones would win out in the regular season with the loss to Texas. They did not do that. So for that prediction, Josh also gets a big old nah. Basically, if you haven't learned from the Cite That Down segment, is we've only had, between the four of us, we've only had two correct predictions all year. So maybe you should stop listening to us as far as uh, our predictions, but then maybe you should because then you should know what won't happen. So who knows? We're going to keep making them because we like making them and we like to compete with each other to see who does best. So we're going to keep making them. You want to lead us off this week, with Wyatt, with your write-that-down prediction? Oh, yeah, you betcha. So um, my write-that-down prediction is that K-State will not go to a bowl game. Um, note that I say they won't go to a bowl game. I didn't say they wouldn't obtain bowl eligibility. There is a chance, I guess, where they could become bowl eligible this weekend in a win over Iowa State, uh, however unlikely that is, but still not be chosen for a bowl. Um, mm, no, we're not. Yeah, they'll be chosen for a bowl. If most likely. You're correct. But, okay, I'm only giving you a single for that. I don't. You don't deserve anything more than a single for that. I'd agree. So that's all I'm going to give you for that. Yeah. Um, my write that down prediction for the week is I'm going to go back to uh, the Packers, something we talked about uh, the Jaguars and if their coach 
um, might get fired here this year. But my write down prediction is that uh, the Packers will fire Mike McCarthy uh, before the start of uh, before the start of the next season. I think he his uh, decision to punt there in the game on Thursday cost the Packers an opportunity to win that game. He's had she's had too many years of Aaron Rodgers to only have one Super Bowl victory. I think he's uh, going to be out as the Packers head coach before the uh, the May deadline for I'll write that down predictions to have to end. He's gonna get fired. I think he's gonna get fired. What I are you gonna so give him for that? Just I, a single? I think a single. That's fair. I was looking I, for I would give you a single as well. I was looking for a more safe prediction there. Because I have no correct predictions yet. So I'm fine taking a single for that. Um so, I'm going to I'm gonna also Josh is not uh Josh is also back at home this week, so he uh, has given us his write that down prediction remotely. His is a uh, his is also one that's going to be decided this upcoming weekend. Josh's write that down prediction is the Packers will beat the Vikings in Minneapolis next Sunday night. He says that the Packers will beat the Vikings in Minneapolis. Both teams kind of fighting for their playoff lives a little bit next week. So that's a really big game between the Vikings and Packers, two rivals. Um, I'm willing to give them a double for that. Is Ooh, probably what I would give them. That's what double. I was gonna say. Double for that. All right, <coughs> that sounds good to me. Kyle, what about yours? What would you give? My your my prediction, prediction is regarding the Cyclones team next year. Both David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler will return for the Cyclones next season. They will not go to the NFL draft. Okay, you, they'll both come back for their final season of and eligibility. that will be determined before the end of the year because the draft is in April. Right, so. yep, yep. That is definitely definitely a valid prediction. I definitely see Hakeem coming back next year. Uh, Montgomery, I think, is a little more of a toss-up. Yeah, I, um, think, I think the running back class here for the NFL draft is uh, one of the weaker ones. So uh, Montgomery might go pro in this weaker – weaker class just to uh, maybe be drafted a little higher than he would have been in other circumstances. I would be willing to give him I, a double for that. I don't know. What what were you thinking, Wyatt? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not low-hanging fruit, so it, it couldn't be a single, but I don't think it's outlandish enough to be especially a home run, but also a triple. I, I don't think it's... I, I would agree with a double. Somewhere between a double and a triple, leaning more towards the double side of things. Okay. We will okay. give Kyle a double I'll, for I'll that. take a double. All right, so that is our write-that-down predictions for the week. As I was saying, either believe in them if you still believe in us, even with a terrible record, or go put money on uh, on K-State this weekend if you uh, don't believe in Wyatt. So. Ew. Or, and if you don't believe in Josh, then go put money on the Vikings. We'll see. Maybe you should just pick against our write-that-down predictions for gambling and see how well you do. Or just don't we'll gamble. See. That just seems I mean, like also, a bad idea, a, especially that, gambling on things that we say. <laughs> That's definitely a good option, too. And uh, with the conclusion of our Write That Down segment, this also concludes the episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the 8311 cast. Tune in every Monday for a new episode and subscribe to our feed on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Find us on our Instagram at 8311cast. Uh, signing off for the 8311cast, we have... Kyle Mersh. Uh, and Mike Ludwig. If you have any uh, feedback, feel free to drop it uh in that Instagram or uh, or uh, on Twitter for either Kyle or Wyatt or at one of them if you want to get at me because uh, I don't have a Twitter. Thank you all for listening us to us this week. 
And as always, even after a loss, go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Thanks for skipping me. Also signing up for the 83 Living Cast, Wyatt Teeter. You only kind of count as a as a host. You don't talk enough. You need to talk more, Wyatt. Then I'll then I'll remember you. Rude. I live talk with you. Talk more, Wyatt. Well, I like your voice. I want to listen to your voice more. You should talk more. Go Cyclones. Beat K State. Yeah, I agree. Beat Purple Kansas. Go Cyclones. Don't die, Bill Snyder. Please don't. Bye. Bye.